The offseason is finally here, and the Mariners are making some moves, as well as the possibility of trading a Eugenio Suarez, and the new managers around baseball are starting to be figured out. This is episode 33 of the Hit It Here podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm here with my co-host, Joe. Joe, how's it going? Good, man. I'm doing great. We're we're in a brand new space here. I know you can't see it right now, but you'll see it when it happens. And I think we look pretty snazzy. If you guys are listening on the audio end, obviously you guys can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. Just shout out to Believe for bringing us on and believing in us as the <clears throat> Mariners aficionado for the uh, podcast network for what? You're mad at me. Yeah. No, that was good. Thank um, you so much. Another thing that has been good. This is way to go. The other thing that's been good for the Mariners is they made one of their first trades of the offseason, and that was for Blake Hunt. They traded Tatum Levins over to the Tampa Bay Rays. Joe, what does Blake Hunt bring to the table for the Mariners? More major league catcher-ready depth, basically. You know, we traded Tatum Levins. Highest he ever saw last year was Modesto. And he just, it, it wasn't going to be, he wasn't going to be useful in our system for quite some time, essentially. So Blake Hunt, it's a guy that can be the Brian O'Keefe if you need him to. And, you know, he could be competing for the backup spot coming out of spring training if we don't go out and get a more bona fide option. Like, say, we bring back Tom Murphy and we re-sign him. Blake Hunt will be there to be probably competing with Brian O'Keefe in that capacity. Mainly just waiting for, I think, Harry Ford to be, you know, knocking on the door. And you made a face about Brian O'Keefe. Well, you know, I understand. Whoever's there is catching depth. Blake Hunt will be in competition with them as Cal Raleigh's backup, essentially. It is, you know, I, call, I won't say a nothing trade because whether or not Hunt sees major league innings next year, we don't know yet. We really don't know. But my bet is if we don't go out and sign someone in free agency that he will likely be the backup catcher. Did okay in AAA last year. He was mainly in AA, AAA last year. But in 30 games, Colton, let me know what the stats are. Yeah, Blake Hunt is 24 years old in 30 games last year with Durham. He hit 263, 318, 518. He did put up six home runs in both AA and AAA in a total of 67 games. I mean, the power wasn't really there for him. Uh, overall, he has been a pretty good hitter throughout his minor league career, hitting 245, 325, 395 with 36 home runs in about 400 games. So Blake Hunt is a guy who I think, again, has a much bigger chance to make the major league roster. And it, it does give us a lot of, I guess, depth for a position where the Mariners actually just lost a lot of guys in free agency, including Brian O'Keefe and Pedro Severino. Joe, tell me a little bit more about the guys that the Mariners lost from the minor leagues this, this week, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was either today or yesterday. And yeah, you mentioned the main two there, Brian O'Keefe, Pedro, Pedro Severino. They're, these are minor league free agents, so it's not like the major league ones like Tom Murphy. That's another guy that we lost from the catching position. But Luis Torrens is also gone. Luis Torrens, yeah, good point. Uh, there's some other... Bigger-ish names is not like the end of the world for some of these guys, but they're guys that you might want to bring back. Like Jake Schneider could be good in terms of depth at the corner infield spots at close to a major league ready like personnel. We lost Easton McGee, Casey Sadler. I think you mentioned Zach Muckenhern, you know, the guy that we acquired in the Flexen trade. Is that what that yeah, was? Flexen right? we got. And so it's just some names here and there that you'll likely see back like Juan 10 was another guy that we saw major league innings last year. I think it was like 11 total innings, but still it's an arm in your pen that you can use. He is currently a minor league free agent and Colton. There is someone that is also in this group that he's already received a contract, another minor league contract, but a contract nonetheless. Who's that guy? 
Yeah, I mean, there were some other guys I wanted to mention too, but it's fine, Joe. Yeah, we'll just move on. Yeah, we're talking about Adam Aller, who just signed a contract with the Guardians, like two days after he became a free agent. A few other guys that came free agents because I want to talk about it. it was Robbie Tenowitz, Joaquin Cabrera, Adam Engel, Ty Kelly, guys like that are now gone from the organization. But Adam Aller going over to the Guardians on a minor league deal. And the Mariners also lost someone else to the Guardians. Joe, who was that? Steven Vogt. He was our bullpen coach last season. It was the first year he was in the Mariners organization. And we were very excited with him joining the coaching staff. I felt that he himself, I just, I don't know, his profile as a player transitions very well to the managerial aspect. And that is evident because Cleveland Guardians hired him as their manager to replace Terry Francona, a very legendary manager in and of itself. He's got big shoes to fill, but Stephen Vogt, he's definitely a guy that will be able to, I think, fulfill those duties. It's a going to be a tough road in the AL Central trying to figure out kind of where each team is at, right? The Twins just won the division, but they probably losing Sonny Gray in free agency, potentially. They're looking to trim the fat on some of their payroll, which we'll talk about later. There's a lot of moving parts in the Central. We don't know whether or not the Guardians, does the one of the youngest teams in the league, will continue to develop. Where the White Sox are at, if the Tigers are going to be more contending. So it's tough to see, but all the best to Stephen Vogt in Cleveland. The one that really shook me up, I think rocked everyone to their core. Another Central manager, just switching sides of a rivalry, Craig Council going from the Brewers to the Cubs in a record-breaking managerial deal. Colton, do you you got you got the the figures for that pulled up? I, if I remember correctly, he was he signed like an eight million dollar a year deal. I don't know the how long it was for. I think it was for five. So eight five years, years, forty or five. Whoa, eight years, five years, forty million, which is yeah, a big chunk of change. That might be more than the Mariners are going to put up in all of free agency this offseason. Yeah, so, no, that's one thing I manager. wanted. To, I wanted to make like some sort of commentary about if so everyone cries all the time oh, we need a new manager say we signed craig council to be the new manager at five years 40 million dollars how, yeah, would, how would right. we feel about spending on free agents because he does spend yeah like that's the big contract we go and spend and who knows how it would work out regardless you know it's just a big what if but that mm-hmm. would have been a really funny i think dialogue to have happen is we won't spend on the team but we'll spend on the manager Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we heard that when it was all going down, before it was revealed he was going to the Cubs, they just said that Council was going somewhere where there is not a vacancy mm-hmm. for manager. And obviously, David Ross was the manager for the Cubs. It's kind of, I don't know. He I mean, Rossi has been beloved for Chicago for a long time. I remember when he was their catcher when they won the World Series. And I don't know. People really like David Ross. And he hasn't been doing it that long, I don't think, three, mm-hmm. four years. Yeah, and he wasn't I, terrible, but... Yeah, obviously, Craig Council is one of the most, I, I mean, news to me, honest, I'm going to be I'm going to be honest for a second. I didn't know that Craig Council was this like highly touted manager across all of MLB, like everyone and their mother wanted them to be the manager. I, news to me as of like a week ago, I you knew know what he, I, I knew he was doing fine, but I, I didn't think he was on that like S tier level of managers quite yet. What I found weird is that they had Craig Council and David Stearns, one of the highest rated like GMs in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. And now they're both gone from the Brewers. Both yeah. of them. So, Brewers are in, a, in an interesting spot. Mm-hmm. I do want to touch a little bit more on Stephen Vogt here before we move on. He was supposed to be, according to Jerry Depoto, he was going to be given the bench coach role mm-hmm. for the Seattle Mariners. Of course, now that's not going to happen. So the bench coach role is going to go to Tony Arnrich, one of the Mariners' old hitting coaches. And then the Mariners are going to look to add another hitting coach in place of Tony Arnrich. Uh, bullpen coach, not sure who it's going to be. I mean, obviously, there's still a lot up in the air. The plan, I think, was for most of the coaching staff to come back next year. 
Um, now they're going to start kind of moving around in their roles. So as for what that's going to mean, maybe see, I, I would have thought like maybe Manny Acta kind of became more of just a bench coach and not a third base coach. But yeah, I don't know. It's I'm tough not to sure. Say. Tough to see people. I mean, the on Twitter, I've seen the calls for Edgar to return as a hitting coach, which is always a fan favorite option. I understand why I get it. You know, it's one of those situations that you just kind of want to bring a guy back that's beloved, but you know yeah because it went so well the first time the Mariners hit so well another managerial change in the American League West was the Angels found their new manager in Ron Washington former manager of the Texas Rangers Joe where was Washington at before this I think he was with the Braves right was he third mm, yeah. base coach or was he on the I bench at that so. point Nah, he was a base coach I base don't coach. remember if it was first or third yeah yeah so Washington we very familiar with him if you were, have been a Mariners fan for you know quite some time he was what with the Rangers, like mid two thousand and yeah, like, he was two thousand and tens. Yeah, he was their manager. I think when they lost the World Series yeah. in two thousand eleven. So, so it'll uh. be it'll be interesting to see him come back to the AL West. See, you know, if he can kind of right the ship in Anaheim. There's going to be a lot of changes going on there. So, it's not necessarily a ship that's got all of its pieces. But I'm sure if you know they wanted a veteran kind of manager like type guy to come in i know buck showalter was also in the final running there so that would have been that would have been interesting yeah i mean they already had joe madden then buck showalter they're gonna go get like oh gosh i don't even know they're, they'll, then they'll call up tony la Russa. yeah i was gonna hey, say like the want to manage again <laughs> the delirious white guys <laughs> anyway moving on to uh now the more exciting part of the podcast here we're gonna be talking about a trade that could send eugenio suarez to the toronto blue jays or at least they've been talking about it yeah. and then we're going to talk about possibilities of the mariners trading with the twins obviously the twins want to cut payroll according to mlb trade rumors and so what does that mean for the mariners but first let's talk about gino joe what what's going on i really don't know because the fit for gino in toronto doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me especially as like trade partners i know that matt chapman obviously is in free agency it doesn't seem like there's interest in bringing him back or maybe he doesn't have interest in going back maybe at the certain price point. But for Gino, I don't know what the Blue Jays would want to give us in return. I've seen some rumblings of like a George Springer one-to-one swap. I don't love that necessarily. I understand where it's coming from because we have a need in corner outfield and maybe we feel like we could replace third base a bit easier than a corner outfield spot, but that also doesn't feel realistic to me because looking at like even just the free agent class or even bats that are available on the market, I would assume it's easier to replace a corner outfield spot. And so for that, I don't really see how it makes sense. So if I'm being honest, I don't think this is going anywhere. I think it was just rumblings, you know, little 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 note being thrown across the room. They open it, they check the box, no, and then you send it back kind of a thing. Like, I don't think Gino's going anywhere. It would be absolute chaos if he were to be shipped out. I don't, yeah, I don't understand what that's about. It just makes no sense. Trading Gino for Springer, you cover a position with Springer who, I mean, sure, would be fine out there. You cover a position that is much easier to fill with the f- current free agents available and send away a guy where that position is much harder to fill, a guy who is loved in that clubhouse mm-hmm. for a guy that, let's be honest, Mariners fans aren't going to forget about George Springer and the Astros. They're not going to forget. Yeah. So it just it would make no sense. I don't think there is a single person in the world that would like that specific move. But then looking at it, like if they did that, maybe the Mariners go out and sign Matt Chapman. No. <laughs> I'm Ercondelario. No, not to be an everyday player at third base. 
So I don't know. It just it doesn't make sense to me. Of course, there is a possibility of a trade somewhere in there, but losing Gino again, the Mariners want to cut down on their strikeouts. I get it. I don't necessarily know if trading a Eugenio Suarez is the way to do that. Should have been the Gold Glove winner at third base. Wasn't even nominated. And Subbed. So could they trade Gino for? Gosh, I don't even know. What else would make sense? So from them? a like package a, that Cavendigio? I saw. Cavendigio. Yeah, like something that I saw on Twitter as well was like bringing Eric Swanson back in some sort of capacity with a trade. And that trade was big, a big mess. It was garbage to say it. It wasn't, it, was it wasn't great. And so I don't hate bringing Eric Swanson back, but I don't see why the blue Jays would try and do that either because they had a very successful bullpen last year. Obviously they traded for Jordan Hicks at the deadline. I don't know if they're going to be able to retain him, but if they were to, you've got Romano, Swanson, and Hicks at the back of your pen. That's a great solid three. Why would you try and break that up? And even if you don't think you can retain Hicks, you shouldn't trade Eric Swanson at that point either because you'll need him to be your number two guy behind Jordan Romano. So that also doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's just, I don't see the fit like whatsoever. And if the Mariners are trying to compete, and I sure as hell hope they are because they're one game away. And if they're they're not, then it's going to be a long off season and a long regular season in 2024. It just there's no fit for me with Toronto, especially trading Gino because unless there's like the three team trade involved somewhere where you backfill that position, maybe you go out and get a second baseman. You move Josh Rojas to third, something like that. Rojas has been a third baseman in the past. I think that was his main, actually his main position in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So it's a possibility in that capacity, but you still would then need to like supplement Josh Rojas at third base. You can't have him be your everyday third baseman when we didn't want him to be your everyday second baseman, or at least you don't want to. I know some people are probably fine with Rojas. I'm more like, I'm kind of like neither here nor there. Like I'm not going to lose sleep if he sees the bulk of the innings there. And like our backup is like, maybe not, you know, it's not like this tremendous upgrade, right? I'm not going to lose sleep over that position. Like I, I did am. in 2023 when we were watching Colton Wong go up there and bat 150. Okay. Not even hitting his weight. And he's five foot seven. You don't know how much Colton Wong weighs. He's a pebble. He's not that heavy. Yeah. I don't know. It makes no sense. It's a big nothing burger in my opinion. They're like, they're not, Mares aren't going to trade Gino to the Blue Jays. And it doesn't make sense. It makes zero sense. In my opinion, Gino is an asset for you this off season. Even if he wasn't great in 2023, he's an asset to have a guy that can play obviously every day we don't want him to but can play every day over there at third base it's not easy to come by this offseason and you know in in the video that you had made the other day talking about jerry depoto's comments he said that they feel like they're pretty set uh or they're not set they're set in the infield Mm -hmm. but it's kind of what he said or something like that yeah along those lines set like up the middle like in terms of certain specific areas they feel confident with their guys going forward and so if there's rumblings of like talking about certain players being swat like again it's the very beginning of the offseason it's the gm meetings it's really not nothing set in stone there was in that same conversation john palmarosi asked jerry depoto about logan gilbert if people have been asking about gilbert i'd assume that it's that same situation with gino for teams that need a third base filled and if the Mariners are looking to reduce on strikeouts they like point at him and say well he struck out a ton are you sure you guys want to bring him back and then there's and then the conversation probably stops there because the manager are like, no, we can't lose a big vibes guy because losing Teo, I know he was only there for one year, but another big vibes guy, I think very high highs, pretty low lows. And I understand that. But as far as bringing vibes into the clubhouse and being an overall like good aura and a great spirit, 
Teo is a great a guy like that, and Gino if is is double Teo in my opinion, especially for oh, the yeah. Mariners, right? So it it would it rain hellfire if the Mariners got rid of Gino. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's certainly one way to put it for sure. Um, so because of that, because of what we heard about the Mariners saying they're kind of, you know, set in certain positions, what have you, the interesting question arises because we heard that the twins are thinking about lowering payroll and the twins in 2023 had the highest payroll in their history at $156 million. They're set in 2023 at the moment to be around, I think what was like 119 on their 26 man roster. Yeah. It's not that much like thinking about it and they can win. They can win the division. They did it in 2023. Mm-hmm. They, they lost Sonny Gray, right? Uh, maybe. They lose? Maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe. Um, so I don't know. But there are a couple guys on that team that make a lot of sense to trade for. Joe, who are those guys? For me, the stand, there's three standouts. <clears throat> Two more so than the third, but Jorge Polanco, Max Kepler, and then you brought it to my attention before we started recording, Christian Vasquez. If we wanted to, right, if we can't get Tom Murphy back, even though there's interest on both sides to bring him back, say he gets starter money elsewhere, which is possible. It's very possible because in the small limited sample size that we saw from Tom Murphy in 2023, he looked like he'd be a starter for some MLB teams out there. So if we're not able to bring him back and we wanted to maybe not have Blake Hunt be our backup to Cal Raleigh right away, Christian Vasquez might not be a bad guy to go and acquire. It would help them, you know, shave off some of the payroll there. Do you want to tell me more about Vasquez? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Christian Vasquez is making $10 million next year. Um okay. So, I mean, that's quite a bit of money for a backup catcher. True. So I don't necessarily know if that's something the Mariners would want to do. Yeah. The idea is there. I mean, maybe if they eat some of that money, but Polanco and Kepler are going to be free agents after this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. So I feel like those are the two most likely to get traded. Uh, Polanco's making 10 and a half. Kepler's making 10. So these are guys where, of course, you could slot like Kepler into left or right field. Really good defender out there. But, you know. Is he the answer? I'm not sure. He is cheap, though. I mean, $10, $10 million for Kepler is a decent deal, in my, my opinion. Yeah. Polanco, obviously, you know, plays second base. Trumps up second baseman, yeah. Can yeah, play over kinda. the infield. I feel like if you wanted to, you can maybe try and put him over at third to give Gino a day off if you really wanted to. He's logged a total of 180 major league innings there, so not that much. But if you needed him to, he might be able to. I would say, if anything, Polanco is the right-handed complement to Josh Rojas' second base. I think mm-hmm. that that is where he could fill in. It's a more veteran presence, a more proven everyday player compared to, say, like the Haggerty's or the Moors or the Caballeros that the Mariners have been fielding as our backups in those positions. It raises the floor, I would say. But the issue then is you have to trade them something to acquire Jorge Polanco or even Max Kepler. If you wanted Kepler to be the rotating fourth outfielder, maybe you, you know, go out and sign someone in free agency to play the other corner and then have Kepler rotate with them as DH or how whatever you kind of see fit but in trades obviously we have to give away some of our assets as well if you're the twins what are you looking for for polanco or kepler i mean again losing sunny gray possibly they they might be looking to bring back some sort of pitching help Mm -hmm. and of course yes the mariners have that but are you willing to trade any of that for what the twins are offering no absolutely not so Mm. like you think so well 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 I'm not like we're we're not ta- this is not the the Woo Miller conversation, okay? This is mm. not this is definitely not the Woo Miller conversation. This might be the Hancock conversation. Nope. I think no, not willing to do it. It's like Polanco 
and like another like say like pitcher that's like two years away for or like three years away for Emerson Hancock straight across. I don't know if the Twins do it. Okay, so Hancock for Polanco straight across, nothing. Not you're not doing not, it. I'm not doing it. No, really. Okay, for a year of Polanco, and we yeah, have but like we're not Polanco doing anything with Emerson Hancock. We have Polanco at home. Sure, we might have Polanco. Josh at home. Rojas. Yeah, but the we don't need Emerson Hancock. We so, don't need Jorge Polanco. I mean, sure, I guess we don't need him, but fine. They're looking for pitching. You're not willing to part with it. In what world does this like situate like, Here, trade go through? Have a have a Taylor Dollard. That's all uh, you're getting from me. Only a Taylor Dollard. I personally don't really care for Polanco or Kepler. I really don't. Don't get, don't get me wrong. Polanco was fine. He was decent in 2023. Let me pull up his numbers here. I got 2023. It. Okay. He had a 115 on. OPS plus. Mm-hmm. Right. 255, 335, 454 with a 789 OPS. That's the slash line. He hit 14 bombs, drove in 48 runs. He played in only in 80 games. So, you know, there's a little bit of injury problems last year. However, when healthy, he can give you 152 games like he did in 2021 and put up 125 OPS plus. That's I'm I'm okay with that at second base. Very okay yeah. with that at second base. He he has some pretty bad splits. He's hitting he against righties in 2023. He hit 233. Uh, with I mean he still put up a 111 OPS plus. This doesn't seem right. Hold on. Maybe it's just a bunch of you know a bunch of pop from the right handed side. But yeah. He hit. He did hit ten home runs right-handed. Yeah, he hit two thirty, two thirty-three, three thirty-three, four forty-two right-handed compared to three ten, three forty-one, four eighty-three left-handed. So maybe he's a compliment to Rojas as second base. Maybe you platoon them instead. Um, yeah, like that's a possibility, I guess, if that's what you want to do. Why are you talking uh, Pol- about him like he's a switch hitter? Is he a switch hitter? Polanco. Oh my god, he is. Yes, Jorge Polanco is oh. a switch hitter. Oh my god, <laughs> I had no idea. I thought he was right-handed only. So you're saying like these splits, I'm like, why are you saying it like he's a switch? Oh, that makes so much more sense. Yeah. Wow. So anyway. Um, well, there you go. He's a perfect compliment to Rojas. You think so? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he doesn't strike out that much. The most he struck out in a season was 118 times for the right price. Like if it's Emerson Hancock, but for one year of Polanco, I don't know if I'm down okay. for the potential of what you could get. I, I personally feel like you could use Hancock in a package and get more elsewhere. Personally. Sure. That is the conversation. Like, if we pulled the trigger now, would we have missed out on, you know, maybe more value elsewhere? Probably. Mm-hmm. Potentially. It's definitely a possibility. You mentioned his strikeout rate. The highest in his career is 118, like you said. Last year was his highest percentage, though. He struck out 88 times in 80 games for a 25.7% strikeout rate. It's not great, but it's mm-hmm. not nearly as much as, like, the Teos or the Genos that we had. So, it can work, and you know that to me is an outlier as far as his strikeout percentage. It has been increasing ever since 2020, going up from 15 to 18 to 21 to 25 last year. But if he's not seeing every single at bat, I think there's a way to limit those strikeouts. And if he's seeing, you know, the stronger side of his abilities, you know, in terms of as being a platoon, I know the platoon term scares people. I think it could be a good fit overall. I don't know. I might just like be willing to, since like I know the depth we have at pitching. I know what we have with Castillo, Kirby, Gilbert, Miller, Wu, with Ray coming back after the All Star break. Marco's going to be ready for spring training. What do we do with Hancock? 
Maybe yeah. go get something elsewhere, and I understand that. But I mean, it's not like Hancock necessarily forces your hand to be on the major league roster. Like, mm-hmm. I, like true. he he was not good enough to I feel like to earn his spot. He'd have to come into spring training and show up, just like throw no hitters every single time. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. For some reason, I am more interested in Max Kepler. Maybe it's just the Gold Glove defense, but. So in 2023, Kepler, he was 30. He played in 130 games. He had 260, 332, 484 with a 121 OPS plus, mm-hmm. uh, 24 home runs. He did strike out 106 times, second highest, highest of his career uh, since 2017. But at the same time, he's only put up uh, three seasons north of 100 OPS plus. That, that lefty swing in T-Mobile Park might look pretty dang good, though. Yeah. So, and he, he also doesn't have splits. Like, his splits aren't bad. Versus okay. right-handed pitching versus left-handed pitching, he's hitting at least 250 against both. So he's pretty consistent. Yeah, yeah. For Kepler, I think it can make sense as the maybe the corner outfielder, and then we have a DH guy that we sign in free agency or we acquire elsewhere to you know go split time with him in the outfield. Essentially, I mean, you probably don't need for him to split time because he's like you're saying, Gold Glove defender. He's a great defender out there, especially if he's play- if he's playing either corner. I think it's fine, but he's traditionally been a right fielder the most of his career, right? Yes, that is correct. Okay, so keep Jared in left, move Kepler, put Kepler out in right. You don't have to worry about Teo's potential spotty defense from last year. He did fine for the most part. There's just some mishaps where I was like, what the heck are we watching right now? So I don't disagree that I would be more interested in Kepler because it is a, a need that feels more like pertinent to right now we have a guy that can go play second base for the majority of the innings if we need to and josh rojas currently right now if we were to start the season tomorrow we're either running dom canzone or sam haggerty out in right field or cade marlowe yeah i'm good so like i'm cool with not doing that and going out and get max kepler same question hancock for max kepler more inclined to do it or you're still like hesitant i uh straight up no okay I actually think I'd be more willing to do Hancock for Jorge Polanco straight up than I would be Kepler. Just because I feel like Polanco, that's a that's a commodity that's harder to come by. Whereas okay. a corner outfielder would be much easier to come by than like a second base shortstop guy. So Okay. Um that's where I'm at. I don't necessarily know nece- like if people are agreeing with that because I again I still think that Emerson Hancock can fetch you more than either of those two guys maybe not by himself but in some sort of package okay and yeah i guess that is just the easiest name for me to throw out there because this is obviously not the miller woo trade conversation this is not the gilbert conversation so i understand that it's just as far as like trading from our prospect list i don't really see a fit for the twins for the twins no because if they're trying to cut down payroll but probably still be competitive because they know the al central's pretty weak they think that they could probably trade these guys and recoup value elsewhere and like have Edward Julian have a continuous like great success there and be good for them. And Matt Walner continuing to develop and Alex Kirilov take the next step. So it is, it seems like they're just like trimming the fat, but they probably still feel like they can be competitive next year. And, and they should. Yeah. I mean, barring Correa not having another career worst year at the plate, they're probably looking okay. Yeah. I mean, the AL central is terrible. So it makes sense. I do think that a trade with the Minnesota Twins would make a lot of sense, but there are a bunch of other avenues the Mariners could go this offseason making trades for corner outfielders, middle infielders, what have you. And we have that video on the screen right now. Go ahead and check that one out. Appreciate you guys watching this one and go Mariners.